Thank you for joining Christine Crockett-Smith as she shares insights and parenting strategies from her gold medal winning book, 18 Master Values, Be the Parent You Wish You'd Had, a great resource for peaceful parent-child relationships. Thank you so much for being here with me today for 18 Master Values. We're going to talk a little bit about my book, a couple of the um, values. I want to thank my producer, Anna Xavier, right now before I forget. I'm so grateful to her. Thank you, Anna. And I just want to reiterate, I know I've said this before, but the goal of this show is that anybody watching, whether you're watching live or whether you show up later, that if you're a parent, you come away with some kind of a useful nugget. So that's the only goal. Other than that, we're just going to have fun. I'm here today. I'm so excited. My guest today is Debbie Hammond. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you came. She's an author. She's going to talk about her book a little bit later, but... Do you want to start off just telling them kind of from a parental perspective who you are? Um, sure. Uh, I happily have two kids, uh, and they're not kids anymore. Our son, Mike, is 30, and he lives in California. And our daughter, Becca, is 27, I can't believe it, and lives here um, in Addison. And I just couldn't be prouder. And oh. Very, very nice. Isn't it funny how when when you actually are talking about your children, and you're mentioning that they're in the 20s or 30s, just saying it out loud is always like, wait, what? Yeah. How did oh. that happen? Yeah. It's, I, I, I just can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. But we did it. You know, when we were talking earlier, I just want to throw this out there. If, if you're a parent and you have young kids, um, we were talking earlier about how both of us parented so consciously not perfectly but just with deliberation of trying to pay attention and trying to do better and one really beautiful gift I had kind of forgotten what a beautiful gift it is but you Mm -hmm. kind of reminded me one beautiful gift about doing that is that when you do launch them and send them out on their own you're able to just launch them and send them out on their own without feeling necessarily responsible for what they choose to do with that right because you do your very best because you do you parent with intention so you right and that's the whole goal you also were mentioning how that's part of what you got from the book was that concept of just taking the time to decide what you believe and how you want to parent and then doing it that way instead of just falling forward although you also mentioned we talked about how we also did a lot of just falling forward right and I I really think it's taking a moment to if you make a mistake First of all, someone said to me, um, a girlfriend of mine whose kids are a little bit older, that you don't know that you make a mistake until after you've made it. So to own it and be able and willing to reevaluate and go, wait, okay, I, I know that could have been better or, and it's just a work in progress the entire time you're raising your kids and actually I think living. So absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And we're learning. I say that so much that we're learning along the way, too. And when you do give yourself permission to admit that you made a mistake, what a great lesson for your kids. Right. Because everybody does. (laughs) We we all do. (laughs) Some more than others. So today um, we're going to talk specifically about the two values of work ethic and integrity a little bit. We're going to start with with work ethic. one of the things that having a good work ethic means to me, I think it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people and that's cool. But to me, it kind of summing it up is just going above and beyond, just really consciously approaching anything that you do 
with everything that you've got, not just because people are watching, not just because you're going to be judged for it, but just because that's who you want to be. Do you mind speaking a little bit to what work ethic means to you, whether it's from the book or things you taught your kids or anything? Well, we were, um, I was thinking about this when I read the chapters because um, our parents, when I was growing up, I don't think, I don't remember anything specifically that they told us about work ethic. We just witnessed them. And my mom was a housewife and put everything into it. And she was a room mother. And, um, you know, they were always busy. And my dad, the first job I remember him having was at Zenith and he worked, you know, nine to five or six and he was in the Navy reserves and they were just always busy. And, um, when I, when I was old enough to work, I just remember that I didn't want to do anything unless I could do my best at it. So, um, I happened to meet Rob, my husband, and he had the same work ethic. So it was awesome because we were completely on the same page about how we wanted to raise our children and what we wanted to instill in them. That's so important. That's so important. And I mentioned in the book how people who come to life with that desire to do better and bring their best all the time are attracted to other people who do the same. And quite often in relationship, what goes south isn't that one's right and one's wrong. It's that they don't jive. And if you're somebody who goes and does and brings your best to all the time and you're watching someone who kind of doesn't, there's nothing wrong with making that choice not to. Right. It just might not work. Right. So that's cool that you found somebody else who shared it. Oh, it was awesome. So we um, we encouraged our children. I'm not going to say we made them, but we it was a strong encouragement for them to work when they were 16. And so many of their friends um, didn't want to, didn't have to, but we, we saw the value in it to offer a service and to kind of trade your time for money, not that that's the most important thing, but it's independence and it's responsibility and it's owning something that you get to choose how you're gonna do it. And it was so valuable. And we talk about it still, that it was just one of those things that we're like, oh, we're so glad we did that. It, that's really interesting. I had a different perspective. Um, my kids, their, their school was just really challenging and it's interesting, this kind of goes into the financial acumen chapter, but I wanted my kids to understand money. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I did was I provided a minimal level of, you know, I, I bought all their clothes and I they had to save money and apply it towards different things. They had different categories of things they had to be responsible for. But um, anything they wanted beyond what their allowance was or what we were providing for them, I let them know, you know, there's one way to do that, (laughs) and that's to go figure out how to make it yourself, whether it's creating something or or getting a job or whatever. And the oldest two did get jobs, and the youngest decided not to. And I think it worked out for both of them. And interestingly, my nephew has said as an adult, he he did not have to work, and he has said that he wished he had. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's so many lessons you learned from working. Yeah. And, and to back up a little, our kids only worked in the summer because school was, you know, that was their job. That's what I, that's how I felt. Yeah. And, and it was just to teach them a lesson that we didn't think 
we could teach them you as can't. their parents. So that whole learning to get along with other people, all oh. different kinds of people, and solving the problems that you can't give them, you know, in a world that they have to grow up in. And just adjusting, and I mean all of, all the the layers that come with having so many having a first job, and to do it while they're still under your umbrella, where when they are having the challenges and the questions, that they're able to come home and bounce them off of you. Right, their peers might be going, "Well, I just quit," you know. <laughs> yeah, and you get to give them other options of looking at it or dealing right. with it. And we've always worked hard and put our best in everything. And it's not to prove anything. It's just at the end of the day, it fills my heart to know that. Whatever I'm choosing to do, I do my best. So important. Me too. And it can kind of work as a filter. You know, if you're approaching something, whether it's your job or a volunteer opportunity or putting something together, an event or something, if you don't feel like bringing your whole self to it, it might be a sign that it's not what you ought to be doing. Right. Yeah. We talk about how... Um, it's confusing for kids sometimes when adults say, find your passion. And if you're doing something you're passionate about, then you'll never feel like a day of, life, of work in your life. And so many adults still struggle with that. Like, right. I don't have one, so then what do I do? <laughs> so then I, I say, well, then at least do whatever you're doing with passion. I loved how your mom raised you to, you know, do what you love, but also you have to do something to pay the bills. Got to pay the bills. Right, because it's balance and it's, it's understanding that. So Right, especially for creatives, especially for people who are really musical or love to write or are in dance or theater or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those things are all really, really competitive and hard to make a living at. And so many people are pulled to like, well, since I can't make a living at it, then I'm going to go be an accountant. Or, <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with that, but don't let it go. Right. And... Perhaps at some point you'll find a way to turn it into an income-producing thing, whether it's teaching or, mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard for creatives to figure out how to make a living. But still, you got to keep the creativity, and you have, and you're a writer, and you found a way to work that into your life. We could do an entire show on the struggles and the, the my life as a creative but that, that'll be another day. Let's do that. All right. Let's do that. Because I think a lot of creatives can get discouraged, especially if they don't have people in their lives, encouraging them and showing them different ways of making things work. Yeah. Because well-meaning doesn't always feel like that. Well-meaning? From the people in your life who care about you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Telling you an entire show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll have to come back and do that. Okay. Um, one thing you've already mentioned it with your own folks and with you is that, and this is true of anything ever, but the way that you live and the way that you go forth with your life is such a better teacher than you really can't. And that's probably a really great reason that you had your kids working in the summer. You can't teach someone how to have a great work ethic right they've got to witness it and you know one thing you can do I don't I don't think I really did but observe when you when when you're with your kids and you're in the presence of someone who maybe doesn't have a good work ethic and is 
complaining about their life, <laughs> right? And I kind of mentioned that in the book, how um, some people like to blame others and not mm-hmm. look inside and see their role in maybe not progressing in the way that they want. If you see that happening with a family member or a neighbor or, you know, it would be good to have a conversation with them. A conversation meaning ask questions. Cause asking questions yeah. and getting them to think on their own is always a lot better than That's just right. preaching. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And teachable lessons for your own kids, you know, to not compare, but just um, notice the differences. The differences in your kids? Yes. Oh, so important. Yeah. So I was just talking with somebody this week about that. Just two completely different kids and how a parent can think that means maybe they're doing something wrong with one or the other of them and it's not they're just different yeah yeah they're just different do you follow danielle laporte at all no my daughter does but i i know the name but she yeah she's one of our living geniuses in my opinion but awesome one thing that she said that really helped me especially as a creative um she said sometimes procrastination is intuition. I read that in your book. Yep. And I, I had to chew on it a little bit. Didn't you? Mm-hmm. Didn't you? Yeah. It kind of has to get in there and settle a little bit because our culture speaks so ill of procrastination. Everything you ever read is about how to not procrastinate. Right. And when I read that, you know, Martha Beck says something similar that getting into the stillness and listening and allowing and watching and seeing what shows up can be not just as important as doing it can be more important than doing because you minimize the resistance and allow things to come that you may not have ever thought of if you were pushing and pushing and pushing (laughs) right yeah I love that one a lot and it's made me give myself permission Mm mm-hmm to pause when a question doesn't seem quite so obvious this way or that way, instead of picking one and running with it just because I have to. Right. It, it's allowed me to just think, you know what, since, since it isn't really clear, perhaps I wait, put that on the back burner. Right. Well, and I think more people need to, there's so much noise in the world that if people can just learn to quiet themselves so that they can hear their their own intuition and you know is it my time should I but there, there's a lot of pressure for sure there's a lot of pressure when you feel like you're looking for answers from the outside right you can't find them you just can't, can't find them yeah. they are in that's right part of my work in the world is helping people figure that out and yeah. you gotta go quiet right you got to go quiet to be able to hear that. Well, thank you for talking about work ethic with me. And um, if you don't mind, we're going to shift to integrity. Of course. Which was an interesting one mm. for me. Me too. You want to tell me why? Um, well, remind me what your... Remind me to well, get me on track. Yeah, so when I was... You know, integrity is without question important, but what does that mean and how do you define it? And when I was a kid, when I was growing up, it felt the only conversation I ever heard about integrity was telling the truth or not. 
Mm. The only stepping outside of integrity was lying. Uh. Literally verbally saying something that wasn't true. And it took some adult introspection and reflection and reading. You know, you could almost sum up the whole book with integrity just because I don't believe you can live in integrity until you have taken the time to decide what your values are because part of integrity forget the lying part I guess it'd be like lying to yourself Mm -hmm. not even necessarily lying to yourself as much as you can't make the right step unless you've decided what that is and you can't do that until you decide who you are which is finding your values right and I honestly don't think that um, that's as important in in um, the world. I mean, in in my world over here, if people know what their values are, and I think when you decide, it's easier to come from that place and truly be happy and make the best decisions for you and your family. And and I just think it's it's the more that I define my values and and you know look for them I mean I've had them but I've never really had the conversation with myself of what they actually are and when I did I was like oh that's who I am and you know there's more self-love and there's more self-appreciation and then you it's there's more giving and it's so I, I just love it and you have a framework from which to move forward right right I was amazed in one of my very first conversations in fact Anna you were there it was with a friend of yours um at at Cosmic Cafe oh Um, yeah yeah uh Sarah yeah and we were having a conversation grown woman you know in her 30s maybe even 40s and her face she was just like thinking you know you could tell she had gone into deep thought she goes wow you know I'm whatever age I am I'm not sure I've ever thought about what my values are and hearing her say that it's happened a lot since then but that Mm -hmm. was the first time and hearing her say that really cemented for me the importance of this conversation it's not just about parents deciding what their values are even if you're not a parent or if you're pre-parenting you're young you haven't partnered yet or maybe you have partnered and haven't had kids yet your life is easier every decision you make is easier and defending it, not just to yourself, but to others, if they're questioning it, is so much easier when you know what you believe and who you are. Well, it gives you the foundation. It does. It gives you the foundation. Nay, it's name. You're naming your foundation. Right. Right. And I say in the book, um, you know, it's interesting. A, a lot of people, not a lot, but I've had people take issue with calling this 18 master values Hmm. they'll say things like but what about kindness what about compassion and I'm like whoa wait I say it right in the front I'm not saying these should be yours I'm saying these are the ones that I identified and I raised my kids I even added some more in chapter 19 to let people know you know this came up later um it but it's just decide what yours are and it doesn't have to be 18 doesn't have to be 25 doesn't it can be four if you're really concise and you know I mean if you if you decided that love was your value and that every decision you were going to make was going to come from love, you could not go wrong. Right. Yeah. Some others are going to slip in whether you want to define them or not, but that's just the way of it. you got to take the time to decide what yours are, yeah. And I think most adults haven't. 
Right. Even um, people from religious backgrounds who would say that they are, you know, firm in their religion have said to me, even though I've gone to church every Sunday of my life, maybe even Wednesdays, (laughs) I'm not sure that I can just tell you what my values are. Right. It's fascinating. It is. Another thing that is important about integrity that I hadn't considered at all as a child, but came up a lot as I was doing the research when my kids were little, is how it's not just about what you say, it can also be about what you don't say. When you're in a situation when people are saying things or espousing opinions that you disagree with, especially when they seem harmful to Mm -hmm. others, it's really easy to just sit there and listen and not interact. But I think you feel better about yourself if you can actually say what your opinion is and kind of plant that seed within them that there are other ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. So not being quiet, especially in the face, you know, Ila Wiesel says, um, in the face of injustice, we all have a responsibility to speak up. And that's kind of living in, I mean, that's a way of living in integrity. Right. So many people don't like conflict, though, you know. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, that's a thing to push through. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, because the people in the world who are living consciously, who are deciding to be good people, who are deciding to live life well, who understand that we're all in this together mm-hmm. and the job is to help each other. If if we don't speak up, then that... And you know what's interesting? As I've been out in the world talking about this book and values, I can say crystal clear that I believe that that is the majority of people. People who are good people, who care about other people, who want to go forth in the world just making their way and helping others versus being competitive and keeping others down. I believe that's a majority. Mm-hmm. And I believe that their silence allows the minority to rule right? Um, with greed and not believing that we're all in this together and feeling people who are hungry for money or power not that not that money or power are bad in and of themselves but at the expense of other humans i think i can strongly say that i, I think they're not the way to be well and to go back to values i think if people understood what their values are they would understand the value they have to bring to the world more don't you think oh definitely You know, Oprah said something recently, I think I may have already said this, but she did a piece on 60 Minutes and that she said changed her. And it was talking about trauma and how trauma impacts not just children, but of course adults, whether it happens as an adult or happens as a child when they bring it forward. But she learned to believe, and I believe this too, that no one's born bad. No one's born dark. That happens to them as they progress through their lives. And it, the way that it shifted her, and I had already shifted this way, but it was really interesting to hear Oprah say that because I admire her so much. It's like, oh my God, we're in the same camp with this. But um, to be able, when you see someone who's doing something out of power, 
grasping at power, grasping at money, grasping for things at the expense of humans. What she says now is, instead of disparaging them or speaking ill of them, she says, what happened to them? Exactly. It's 100% of the time, something along their path disconnected them from their core mm-hmm. that knows that we're all in this together. Right. And you don't, you never know anyone's story just by looking at them. And yeah. there's so much judgment, I think, about that, <clears throat> excuse me, which gets off the topic of integrity. Maybe it, it's, I think it's in there, though. Yeah. Judgment. Yeah. There's no room for it when you realize that we're all in this together. Yeah. And there's so many things that people can witness that, um, to speak about integrity and what I thought about when I was little, my parents got divorced when I was seven. Mm-hmm. So that just blew open my entire idea of what love and family was because we were so confused because we didn't, everything looked, you know, fine and, and just right when you're little. And then how could, what, 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 what do you mean we're not going to live together anymore? And, oh, you don't like dad anymore. And dad does what? It really shook everything up. Sure it does. Of yeah. course. And we talked about that in one of the earlier episodes about um, quite often people who come to parenting like you and I did, very intentional and very deliberate and really wanting to do a good job, can go overboard with that Mm -hmm. and try to keep it all together for the kids and try to only show them when we're the bright side of us and when we're strong and we take our darkness and our tears and our conflict into the locked door bathroom right and that that doesn't serve them like you probably had a sense that there was something there whether you knew it or not but you were presented with this everything's okay and then it wasn't it's not fair. Right. So we've, we've always been honest with our kids. And That's fabulous. And um, so we were divorced young, and my husband's um, parents are still together, so they had the stability of that. Oh, nice. And that's what I always wanted for my kids. So that's how it was very important to raise them differently than what I witnessed. I, I brought the good parts, but um, I, I made up my own stuff for the good Beautiful. Crazy as it sounds, we're almost out of time. Wow. I know. It goes so fast. I told you it did. Yeah. So if you don't mind, will you tell anyone who's watching how what you do and how you do it and how they can find you and be a part of it? Because I think the work in your world, the world that you're doing is really important. Thank you you're very welcome. much. Um, it's funny to think that everyone's out there, but I'll do my best. I'll probably talk to you because it's more Whatever natural. Works. Okay. Um, so I, um, well, um, let me start from the beginning. I've been an artist since I can remember. And um, so I paint and I draw and I um, go to kids' homes and I teach them art lessons. And um, it's so rewarding and challenging and amazing. I, I just love it to work with kids to help them um accept the way that they express themselves currently and just to be excited about wanting to explore creativity. Yes, and you've told me some of the stories about how so many people, so many of these kids so young have already shut that part off. Yeah, so it's, um, 
each each student is different so I don't have a cookie cutter plan because um, their needs are different and I meet them where they are but I try to pull kind of gently pull that um, their acceptance um, when they've shut down because there's littles even six years old who are like well, I can't draw oh. and and I give them a lesson that I think they would love and they go and oh, no, I can't do that so it's just really working with them to go just try let's see what you can do and and accept where you are right now and with practice you know that awful practice word kids hear all the time you will get better so, so important such important work and show them your book oh so I wrote a book um, called The Blanket, A Story of Healing, and this came about because um, I used to teach um, art to kids in schools, and I wanted kids to understand that with their imagination, they could um, change things that they didn't think they could. And this story is about um, sending colors um, all over the world where wherever the kids think they need to go to help people feel better um, if they're sick or lonely and they just think about a color and um, it's it's an introduction into meditation a little um, and then they think about that person and they send them that color so um, that's what this story where it came from and um, it's just been so awesome and um, when I did the book signing at Barnes and Noble it was I was hooked because it was, I'm like, oh, this is so fun. So it's so empowering. It is. You know, it can be so overwhelming as a kid to, to look out and see everything that's tragic and happening in the world. And you can feel so powerless and dark and it can be scary. And that book is really, it gives them a tool to not feel quite so helpless. Because the ugly's everywhere. It's on TVs and it's on the radio and, you know, everywhere they look. But if they understand that they have... Um, even a little bit of power to just take a minute and think a good thought about someone that they love or know or a place that they're afraid about because of war or whatever or there's a homeless person on the street instead of um you know thinking badly or a judgment thought they can just send that person love through the colors of the blanket yep and it teaches them the power of thoughts the power of energy it's really beautiful. Thank you very much. Oh, no, thank you. And then show them there's something else that you do oh, with adults. Yes. Um, so besides teaching art to kids, I also teach um, art to adults. And um, I have found, oops, so sorry, um, the pouring acrylic paint um, is, is kind of an addiction for me now because um, anybody can do it. And it's been, it's been taking over, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah it's taken over and um, it is such a cool form of expression because you're just pouring paint into a cup, one color on top of each other. Then what you flip the cup upside down on this canvas and you move the paint around and the, the, the artwork that is um, exposed is amazing. Anybody can do it. Um, I do parties for kids and adults. Um, I really want to do uh, team building in an office because I think it would be amazing to get a giant canvas and have the team figure out how they were going to create this. Very cool. Yeah. So if anyone wants to do the team building or if they want to do the painting classes or if they want to do the art classes we with the are. kids, how can they find <laughs> oh, We want to know. <laughs> how can they find you? Um, 
they can find me at um, creatinghappy.net is my website. Um, you can email me at debbie, D-E-B-I, at creatinghappy.net. Um, and just... Are you on Facebook? I am on Facebook, um, Creating Happy. Um, and I'm on Instagram. Instagram. Uh, Deb Creating um, Happy, I think, is my name on Instagram. I should know. I know. <laughs> um, I have problem, too. <laughs> so, yeah, email me um, if you want to find out any information. Um, I will get right back to you and um, see if I can help you with creating happy in your life. And Debbie and I are going to be working together on some workshops where I'll be in one room with the parents talking about ET Master Values, and she'll be in another room talking with the kids about the blanket so look for that and if there's any way that I can help you you have to help me know how whether you want to sponsor one of the shows or whether you want to work with me one-on-one or have a workshop if you'd like to go to a retreat let me know that too and thank you so much for joining in we'll see you next week bye